river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 118. When last we left you, wedding fever was in the air. Yep. Um, romance and love and... Um, Barn and Svetlana actually getting married in the yes, end with finally. no horrible dilemmas. All the horrible dilemmas happened around the wedding. Yep. With Tobias revealing his sorcerous powers. Yes. Uh, with Lillian and Cassandra deciding they were going to elope or make a proposal in the middle of the wedding yep. or any number of things. Uh, you have more or less sided with them on that and pissed off Terry and the Mesty something fierce. Yep. So he is exiting stage left pursued by a bear. Yep. And that was, I think, about where we left it off. You had finished your arrangements, making arrangements with Tyrion. Yes. Um, so um, the, we had the... We, I finished making my arrangements with Tyrion and we had the actual wedding. Yeah. And I um, believe our dumb, dumb, dumb conclusion was they get married successfully, nothing yeah, else goes but, wrong. Yes. Right, it's just Luke making noises. So, um, yes, so there were, I am planning to head out adventuring. Yep. Um, now that I've had a bit more time to think about it, there were a couple of things I wanted to take care of in the sort of reception and immediately post-reception sure, sure. setup. Um, which was, one of which was, I was, um, going to be introduced to, um, Akros's wife. Akros's wife, Belinda, at the reception. Yep. Which is a thing I would like to do on screen. It's not necessarily going to be a super long conversation. And the other one is, I wanted to have a post-reception conversation with Lillian and Cassandra about my expectations for them, on the basis that, um... At this point, you know, I kind of owe them and they kind of owe me. <laughs> At this point, you've paid for it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard to argue with. Uh, so, the wedding has gone off without a hitch. So basically, the ceremony of sorts has gone off without any further hitches. Yep. Um, and then we kind of just cut away as Vine and Svetlana lean in and kiss each other, and we are at the 
fabulous gala reception with bloody um because both of them have decided they're going to do their bit for the kingdom and have the fanciest, noble, balliest, galarist wedding ever. Yeah. It's very much fancy dancing and connects. Yeah. So, you know, Carolyn's going to um stick it out. Yeah. But um he misses the first wedding where there was pig wrestling. Which which honestly, um this is actually the wedding that Vaughn would would have preferred to have had for yeah. the first marriage to Jumandi. Yeah, and I... They just didn't have the resource for it. And I, you know, it's important that Vaughn gets the wedding that he wants, and I would imagine that Svetlana is probably relatively happy with a fancy affair. Reasonably. She, she doesn't consider herself to be particularly noble, although... She just has no illusions about it. Yeah. She's as noble as anyone else here at yeah, this point, even though she's come from nowhere. It's kind of hard to argue with. I mean, give her a couple of generations. I mean, Bravoyan nobility just doesn't have a lot of time to age. Bravoyan kingdom's nobility just doesn't have a lot of time to age. Kingdoms don't last long enough for you to build up a thousand-year tradition like Minkai's got. And even the Minkai's no, aristocracy has had such a hammering that they're all pretty new. And so... Um, I very much imagine that um, Vaughn has taken the first bride, first dance with the bride. You have doubtlessly taken the second. Absolutely. Um, and then um, Vaughn has actually pushed for Tristan to take the third. Oh, classy! Um, at, at that point, it, it's the first one is him for very obvious yep. reasons. The second one should either be you or somebody else of incredible importance, like a visiting king or something in that neighbourhood. The third one is pretty much up for debate. It's no longer as much of an issue. Yeah. Um, and then, but Vaughn volunteers it to Tristan, and Svetlana is perfectly happy with that. And then you go down a couple, and coming up about number four or five is um, Christoph Markava. Yeah. The, um, the king of Mivoy now. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And then at some point she gets and, to dance and with Vaughn again. Vaughn is, of course, dancing with Rasseline at that point. Yeah. Um, and... At some point, you are, have done most of your ceremonial duties, and then you feel the big bang and the slap of, clap across your back. Caelan! Across! Manly handclasp. He says, Shame she's off the, shame she's off the market now, but then, so am I. I, likewise. He sort of looks after Svetlana with a bit of, you know, you can see the sort of thought in his head of what might have been. Like, that that casual one-night stand would have been great, and then I've totally lost interest in her. Yeah. So, so he's not exactly pining for his long-lost love here. Yeah. Um, he says, oh, well, even the best of us can't win them all. <laughs> and um, Kaelin shares a look, because, you know, to be honest, yeah. on some level, Kaelin's definitely got that guy... You know, I mean, he's got lots of good moral reasons why he's never hit on Switlana. He's never yes. made a serious place for Switlana, but you know. But that doesn't make the road less tra- the road not travelled any less appealing. Yeah. <laughs> you're not remotely prepared to pay what you'd actually have to pay to have her. But you know, in theory. Yeah, but if there was some way he could just do it, and there wouldn't be any consequences. <laughs> if you could reload your save and romance her just to see how it would roll out. Yeah, he would totally do that. <laughs> and then to Michaela. And then, you know, Quintessa. No, just just Switlana and Michaela, and then he'd be all done reloading his safe. Two rounds of Kingmaker enough for you, really? Yep. Um, Akros will cut you on the shoulder and he says, Listen. He says, Oh, well. Uh, and 
It looks well, some men have all the luck. Yeah. And then some of us get luckier than we deserve, eh? Oh, I... Now, after introducing you to, uh, he sort of scans around briefly, she's just, ah! Belinda sort of reaches into the crowd, plucks out a woman, and there is nothing hideously wrong with her, but nor is she what you would remotely call a classic beauty. She is sort of short, vaguely squat, big, built arms, looks quite, looks quite strong, has her hair done in a couple of long plaits, and she is at this moment puffed up like a chipmunk as she's just stuffed something into her mouth. Yeah. And... And Kaelin will um, glance over at something fascinating that occurred directly that, that occurred directly yeah. behind, dir- off to the side. And she she gives a little <laughs> ceases stuffing chocolate in her face. Yeah, and Kaelin will look around. And she gives you a you know an, an adequate curtsy. Yeah, put it that way. And she she's Your Majesty. And Kaelin will give her a little bow. And um, kiss the hand, that's what they do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks, you know, vaguely out of place at this, because yeah. she's definitely not high nobility. Let's you kiss lets you kiss her hand, um, and then sort of takes your hand back and pulls it into a much more hearty handshake. And Kaelin will go with that. Yeah. She she says, My name's Bel- uh, nice to meet you at last, Your Majesty. I'm Belinda from Mavorn. Mavoy we change they change names so fast these days, who can keep up? Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure to meet you, Belinda. I've heard a lot about you. Now, my man Akaros here tells me that you have something of a sweet tooth, and in exchange for the good service you've given him, and offering and offering him up, offering to be done with him, <laughs> she gives you a smile at this. There's, there's going to be a little, there's going to be a little something delivered to your throne room afterwards. I thought I'd have, I thought I'd have something delivered to the bride as well, but having seen her figure, I might think the better of it. <laughs> You clearly don't have that problem. <laughs> no, it's not a concern of mine. That sounds capital. I'd be very happy. You must um, must be a special lady to have um, convinced Akaros to um, come off the market and settle down. She blushes very slightly at that, but only it's only the slightest blush. And she sort of shrugs her shoulders, looking slightly awkward. She says, well... What can I say? Sometimes these things just happen. I assure you, he wasn't exactly he wasn't exactly the handsome prince of my dreams, but he's pretty great for what he is. She grabs him on the side and pulls him in. And he gives this token like no no not in fast growing. <laughs> well I know if any man does that a good woman can do wonders uh, as even with uh, us less than promising men. <laughs> I uh, hope that I uh, hope and expect the two of you will be very happy. Well, I, I certainly hope so. Aristotle's blessings on you, Your Majesty. She looks kind of awkward, bobs and curtsies up and down. And Kettle will give her a little hand clasp again and let them go. And she's just the the impression is very much she's just kind of in over her head here. Like, yeah, you would be the first king. What she? Well, actually, you probably, in fact, are not the first king that she has met. Yeah, given across the circumstances, but. She's not comfortable here. Yeah. And Akaros also sticks out like a sore thumb, but is only comfortable here by virtue of he's just used to this. Yeah. And the thing is, he's, um, he may not be a noble, but he used to be a paladin, yes. so, you know, he's actually got more high court experience than Kaelin does, at least, you know, 
historically, at least. And, um, you know, he's been mixing in high circles ever yep. since, so... Yep, that one level of paladin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, alright, so he wasn't an awesome paladin. No, but... one level of ex-paladin. Yeah. He's enjoying just at- ramping up his barbarian fighter. Yeah. Is he, is he taking fighter and barbarian levels? I That's think... an interesting combo. I think so. <laughs> It's, you know, they're usually such exclusive classes, but it really does fit It's kind of where he is. He's yeah. not like an insane rage monkey or anything. He's just a rugged drunk who likes a fight. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's all good. Caleb will let her go, and, um, you know, we'll... Speak a few words to Akros yeah. later, but it's just basically the same ground we've already covered in Cheers. terms of we, we have a drink and you know congratulate him on his good fortune. It reminisces on a fine childbearing herbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, Kellen's not above going there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, and um, having um danced with Svetlana and performed at least some ceremonial duties, danced with Bryn at some point. Yep. Um, Kaelin and Bryn are going to um, skulk out. You are invariably obliged to dance with Wrestling as well. Yeah, so. but, you know, I like I mean, I yeah. like formal dancing, but I like Wrestling and I'm more than happy to dance yeah. with her. To be honest, I imagine by the time you've made your way through all the palaver, like, after two dozen dances, you've just had more than enough of yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kaelin's not tired. But he is unhappy because he just uh, he is just not fundamentally suited for yeah. these formal occasions. And there's a reason that the um, this may well be the most formal ball the Kingdom of Stagthorn has ever held. <laughs> if you want um, Lillian and Cassandra, you can have them here or elsewhere. Yeah, the, 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 that's going to be more the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's the next day. So... I track it down, and Kaelin is in fact already packed for the road. Um, so, just off screen, um, the theory here is that um, Ale- Sweet Lana and Vana ideally going off and having a week or so's honeymoon. Um, yeah. They don't necessarily want to go camp in the forest like Kaelin and Bryn did, but the theory is, you know, because they only need to put in because people can run the kingdom with a week, with a week, they should be able to spare air seven days or so to go off and have some just them time yep. and obviously people will be keeping an eye on Tobias I'm not planning to take Bryn with me when I head out so I would actually probably ask Bryn to keep an eye on him and yep. I'm sure Svetlana has some oh, I mean, nanny type person there's so many childcare arrangements here it's yep. not funny everyone you know could drop everything at the drop of a hat and head out into the woods and you would still have childcare because the joy of being the king is that you have 50 servants in this castle without blinking. Yeah. Two or three of which are solely devoted to that purpose. And my theory is that we kind of have, you know, we all have our separate rooms, but that the three kids kind of run together to a certain extent. You know, we'll have Tobias over for dinner and the kids will go, well, um, the kids will go around and have dinner with them, with us, and that kind of thing. We kind of, they run as a pack more. And Tobias is actually pretty much old enough to just run around the castle, supervised by whatever random guardsmen are around. Yeah, but I wanted to have someone, yeah. I, I wanted to have people, you know, Bryn and Tristram can keep a bit of an eye on him, yeah. because he's having a tough time emotionally, yeah. but at the same time, you know, honeymoon, seven-year-old, they're not... So, neither, neither Van nor Svetlana are exactly wilderness types, so what they've basically done is paid, um one of the foresters to effectively vacate his reasonably nice heart. Sweet. Um, actually, no. Um, 
that would be the smart one to do. They'll go to um, Lady Nanai. Ah, uh, sweet. She's got the lovely, you know, because she's got that lovely hex where the spa baths are. Ah, uh, yes, and if she's not using it at the moment, yeah. she can rent it out to them. Yeah. Oh, she'll just give it to them. Yeah. That's, that's good politics. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't cost her anything significant. And uh, it's um, fellow high, high nobles of the kingdom asking for it, not mm-hmm. random peasants. Because, of, of course, course, you know, marrying, you know, with with um, the the joys of um, the joys of marrying well combined and high political office mean that Svetlana yeah. is definitely not a random peasant. Well, whatever her upbringing may be. For as long as Lady Nanai has known him, Van Thorn has been the eldest son of the House of Thorn, who are absolutely legitimate nobles of Rivoy. They are every bit as legitimate as Lady Valara is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Van, Van is legitimate nobility, and marrying is one of the ways you become legitimate nobility, whatever you were before. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. So they're down at the hot springs enjoying themselves. Yep. So, um, Kaelin will actually be dressed for the road, and he is, which is, you know, he wears the leather armor, he's tooling around the kingdom unless it's a formal occasion, so he's wearing his plate and he's got his backpack on, and we'll stop in to see Lillian and Cassandra. Kaelin, he wants to see us. I I um wanted to check in with the two of you about a few things, given that it seems that you'll be staying in the kingdom and the like. So it seems, she says, and sort of almost without thinking about it, sort of just turns her head sideways and smiles at Cassandra, who just twinkles at her. <laughs> so Tyrion will only be the on the council for one more month. Cassandra, sort of Ceases twinkling and looks sad at this. Lillian, it must be said, makes no real effort to hide her delight whatsoever. So, there's a couple of things I want from the two of you in this situation. Oh, uh, okay. Um, what I'd like for the two of you to be for the next couple of months is just engaged. And then once we've recovered from Van and Svetlana's wedding, I would like the two of you to have a quiet wedding, just friends, somewhere private, not a big splashy do. In the meantime, and this Kaelin will glance very firmly at Lillian, I would like you to, as far as possible, avoid Tyrion and Mesty, particularly while you're still on the council together. As you know, that's only going to be a temporary situation. I don't think that the two of you are ever going to get along. I don't think that was ever a possibility even before this. I know that not gloating is not your strong suit, but I want you to settle for having won this one, and not she, one, and, she, and not rub it in his face. You've unequivocally won this one. He's lost, and that's going to be a bit pill for him to swallow without you helping the matter along. You got the girl. Settle for that. She's she's just got like the biggest shade and grin on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you continue to explicit, as you see, like when you start by you know don't. Um, deal with Tyrion anymore, you absolutely have to. She, her face immediately changes to snap back at you on that. Not so much because she disputes your point, just immediately don't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, I do what I want. The fact yeah. that you're telling me to do it, mean, not to do it, means I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. You're going, you know, you won, you were the better one. She's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. And she smirks slightly and just says, I had no intention of spending any more time with the old man than I absolutely had to anyway. But in light of his service to Fort Drelev and to the Kingdom of Stagthorn. I will 
endeavour not to needle him any more than is absolutely necessary. Although I will just point out that if he had taken my offer at the Velvet Corner, well, not my offer, but if he had taken the offer at the Velvet Corner and had just gotten laid a bit, perhaps he would not be quite so bound up. And Cassandra sort of, like, alternately flushes, giggles, and covers her face. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I don't want to get in the middle between the two of you, and this now Kayla will glance at Cassandra, but I give him some time. I think, um, over time, the two of you will be able to, um, rebuild some kind of a relationship, which is, I think, as good as we're going to get on this one. And, um, if the two of them, and he gestures his head at Lillian, can be kept apart, I think that will be better for everyone. I didn't want to leave, and looking back, Lillian, I didn't want to leave either of you off the council because you'd both rendered such valuable services in liberating Fort Drelev. But the two of you being on there together was never an ideal situation. And while this isn't the resolution I would have sought, it is one solution to the pro- that problem. I figured that sooner or later he would, and then she stops and catches herself very slightly. Yeah. But just just starting to form the die on the yeah. left, so then he catches herself with Cassandra sitting right there. Retire. <laughs> well, after a fashion, that's what he's doing. Um, anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Um, this is not something that I'm perfect, personally comfortable with, but it's ultimately your decision, and I wish the two of you every happiness. Fortunately, in your case and in the case of so many others, we do not require your approval or your happiness. Aye. You'll work it out for yourselves. Now, how to explain this to Mother. (laughs) (laughs) Cassandra gives her a side side face. You caught a noble's daughter. Not something she'd approve of. Because it's um, Lillian Mavashti, isn't it? She's one of Koi's yes. adopted daughters? Yes. Yeah. We've just sort of segued into calling her Visky. She started as Lillian Mavashti. Yeah, so. no, I was remembering that because she said, uh, after we accidentally said Lillian Visky last time, because she said a Mavashti never leaves money on the table when I gave her the daggers. Yeah. <laughs> she's, um, yes, yeah, she's Koya's adopt, one of Koya's many, many, many adopted children. Yeah. Would Koya still be alive at this point? Very possibly. She was exceedingly healthy. Yeah. And of course, you know, humans sometimes live to quite advanced ages. Like, she'd be old, she'd be pushing 85, 90. Yeah, that's, that's right, um, she was only early 70s in the um, Jane region. Yeah, but so. that's not unbelievable for someone with 14 cleric levels and month levels and things. No, 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 absolutely. Alright, okay, and that's what I wanted to resolve. So, yep. at last, yep. Kaelin is going to pick up Michaela yep. and head out of the kingdom. Cool. Okay. Alright. And you are selecting Michaela of the House of Morag? Yes. Such as it were. <laughs> and what there is of it. And what's your plan? So my plan is to folding boat down the river. Yep. And get down the Livon River and um, head into... Um, Head into Pytax. I want to go to E7. Yep. Find a war sworn and beat it up for the glory of the Iron um, yep. Lord. Uh, Lord. Um, and then um, 
depending on where I'm at, I will be sort of heading from there through some hexes that I haven't explored, and um, probably heading Pytaxia woods, whether I actually um, get, it depends on what's between me and there. Yep. But um, heading towards Pytaxia to um, scout it out. Potentially going into the city itself, possibly detouring to Little Town. The, those are the kind of loose exploration plans that I have, but it sort of depends on what I run across as I poke around down here. Certainly. But I am bringing Michaela on the basis that we can disguise ourselves. Yep. So it's not something we're going to worry about when we're walking around the wilderness, but we're going to bring some supplies along to be travelling merchants. Cool, and... Um, as you doubtlessly will recall at this point what you were told about Warsmorn when this came up. Um, Naturally. Gorn's challenge. Well, in fact, if you're not struggling to remember anything of the player. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Because I said, okay, people tell you things. When we actually get there, I will give you what those things are. Cool. So that you can use them in a useful fashion so I'm at present. Uh, Tristan believes it is some sort of undead thing, and that's about what he can tell you. Okay. Um, Michaela is a bit more useful. We should ready us if if you wish to challenge Gorham's Warsworn, then we should be ready. I do not imagine this will be a simple this will be a simple battle. The Warsworn is an enormous mass made up of the dead. In this case, I, I, I could not say. I, I could not honestly say whether they will be dug up from that area or whether they will be something brought in from other planes or other parts of the world. But there will be a fallen army, one that has died in battle. Not an army entirely, but at least a platoon of men moving together, a mangled mess of blades and rent flesh. Um, I've been told that where a warsworn moves, the ground is soaked in blood. They are a deadly foe of warriors. And she describes like mass o corpses. You? Mm-hmm. Um, in the form of sort of like a giant serpent or slug thing. Um, so it is an undead creature. Uh, and. Fortunately, substantively less than you might think. Um, has with a only a twenty-five on her roll, that does not bring her to stunning amounts of useful information. So uh, she knows it is a gargantuan-sized undead creature. Um, you could guess it is probably strong because gargantuan size and yeah. will literally hit with the force of 50 men kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and as to what else it can do, Gorham doubtlessly expects us to win his favour with an epic battle with this creature, but I do not think the Iron Lord will have any problems with how we do it. A warrior can fight hard, a warrior can fight smart. So feel free to um, cheat like a monkey at this, you personally have to go and do it. Yeah. Um, but Gorham gives no shit whether you do it with steel or magic or a giant pet trap or any number of other things. Cool. Um, 
and then she knows exactly one other thing about it. Um, so you can have its defenses, its offenses, or its weird special abilities. I will have its defenses. Okay. So she knows that because such a thing is just a mass of corpses, slashing at it and causing it to bleed isn't going to do a great deal. You want bludgeoning weapons here. Okay, that is very useful information. Um, and because it is such an animated pile of corpses, you want magical bludgeoning weapons. Cool. It is actually doable without. It's only DR10. Yeah. It is um, enough to be problematic. Yeah. Um, that it is resistant to being turned. Okay. Or controlled or what have you. Um, but that beyond the DR, uh, and it has undead immunities, yep. which are several things you can't make it afraid, etc., etc. It's not actually a swarm, it is a singular creature. Cool. Um, the major problem, the, the major defense that it has is moderately good AC and a big crap ton of hit points. Uh, what's your to hit look like? What's your, your like, first shot with a generic weapon? Uh, if it's a, um, non-master weapon, then I hit with a 19. Okay. So, Michaela doesn't think you will have undue difficulty hitting this thing, but yep. nor is it going to be a massive pushover for you. Yep. Um, she says it would be... Such a mass will be reasonably slow, reasonably slow to dodge out, perhaps reasonably slow to dodge out of the way, but nonetheless... With its armor and the force of will that animates it, I would expect it to be resistant against other such effects. Uh, low reflex, good fort and will. Yup. Um, not that that's necessarily all that relevant to Kaylin. But. I still have those, um, fireball hiffs I can hiff at it. That's true. Cause, you know, fighting in a melee doesn't sound super appetizing. No, but it's kind of what you've got. Yeah, but, um, you know, I might want to at least endeavor to reduce some of its hit points before we go straight to the um, the stabbing. Yeah. And um, fire and that sort of thing will neither be particularly effective nor particularly ineffective. It has no real resistances or weaknesses or anything in that neighborhood. Yeah. All right. Um, and I think we're ready to go. The camera pans over a montage as, you know, Kale and Michaela spend very large sums of money at the various armor stores. Kalen trains with his um, great sword, and um, Michaela meditates wherever it is that she does this and changes out her spell loadout. And then they get on a folding boat and sail down the Mivon River. Yep. Yeah. Come to that. You, you've never actually seen Michaela pray for her spells, ever. When you no. go out in the wilderness, she does it in a tent privately. Yeah. But I now know what she really looks like and who she's praying to, so yes. I'm content with both with that. It's a new day. Yep. And um, we hike through a number of explored hexes. Yep. Um, and um, I think just head slightly round the hex that we haven't explored, which had the mas- hill giant mastodon army in it, and head straight into um, E7. Yep. As that's our priority. We won't push ourselves exploring things along the way. Okay. And you head into this one, which is... Uh, that is... God, I found what color 
as much. Um, what's the thing in um, D6? Have you got the terrain type there? Yeah, sure. D6 is hills. Cool. So this one is plains. Okay. Whether the lighter or the darker colour is hills or plains. Yep, yeah, yeah, we're doing fine too. So we head into E7. Yep. Which is plains. And begin exploring it because that seems the easiest way to find the Warsaw. Yep, and it seems remarkably, um, remarkably mundane. It is just sort of a, bla- a basic area full of plains. It looks like it's arable farmland, but Erevetti has not quite expanded this far out or has abandoned farms out here or something. Um, there is no sign of anything untoward here at all until with no subtlety of any kind you begin to hear this You begin to hear coming from just somewhere around this. Cacophonic clang of metal, and there is no perception check here. You absolutely cannot fail opposing its stealth. Yeah. Um, it sounds like an army on the move, this cacophonous clang of armour and weapons and everything else, and you can hear it rumbling off in the distance and sort of heading towards you, and you've got at least several minutes worth of prep time for this. It is not an encounter that is coming with subtlety and stealth. Okay, cool. Um, so, um... I, I imagine your prep time will vastly exceed anything you might want to actually do, at which point we can jump ahead once you're sorted. But. Yeah, um, so Kalen is going to, at the very, at the very last minute, when it's like within, so, when it's pretty much within sight, yeah. drink his plus five shield of faith potion. Yeah. And, um, boost his AC by five. Yep. Um, and, um, that is pretty much the, um, I'm kind of assuming that we don't really have the survival skills to prepare elaborate traps with the terrain successfully. Um, You are not going to have enough time to, like, dig a big pit or anything like that for it. So, um, so to give you some context on our tactical plan, the theory is to fall steadily back while heffing everything we've got ranged-wise at it, which in Kalen's case is going to be his raw ability which he can use once, and um, his bigger fireball beads, Fair. which he can hit at a decent range and sort of keep falling back. Once we kind of exceed our particular range capacity, except, I mean, shooting it with longbows is going to be pretty futile because it's, you know, piercing damage in relatively small quantities. Yeah. Um, we will probably be forced to close with it, and at that time, um, but the theory is we're probably going to try and avoid full attacking it and letting it full attack us. Yeah. So there's probably going to be a certain amount of falling back even then. Do you want Michaela to um, cast the death wards on you at any point? 
Um, yes, I think so. This is what they're for. So she will do it when it's about two minutes out. So give her yep. about five minutes worth of death warding. Sweet. Um, and then... Um, and that's, you know, at the point that we... So we'll stay atop... So I'll have talked over the tactics with... Um, uh, and um, Windchaser? Yep. Um, so basically the plan is I'll stay atop him while I'm having the range things at it, but I will probably get off and actually close to melee with it and get him to fall yeah. back a bit because it's going to be a yeah. very, very nasty combat. Michaela is expecting her horse to just die. Yeah. So she's not that worried about it. Yeah. Um, she says, I think there will be, I'll, I will be able to hurt this thing somewhat with the positive energy I can channel, but there will be a very limited amount I can do for it. I don't think I can control it, and it has no organs I can affect. I will, however, be able to protect myself from it, and you, if you need to fall back. I am hoping that it is simple enough to just bludgeon whatever is in front of it. I, um, what I mainly want you to do is not get, not get hit by it, and help keep me alive. If you could hurt it, that's definitely, that's a, um, big advantage, but mostly that'll be my job. Okay, and then there is the... Cacophonous clang of steel rolling up towards you. And pass me the DMG and I'll tell you how far your fireballs go. Because I believe it's 60 feet. Yeah, Michaela has absolutely fuck all in the old ranged weapon options. Yeah. Like, none of it, you know, there's no good ranged cleric spells, yeah. really. And the roar is a um, 60 foot line. Oh, actually, there is one engine does have enough spells to prepare this, so I will at least give her one. Oh, searing light. Yeah. Yes, it's undead. It's an excellent time to do that. Uh. Alright, so... Did you... Your necklace of fireball goes up to 50 foot. Yep. Okay, so... What you see is this serpentine-like shadow that is going on blocking out the sun here. Yeah. Um, it is this enormous, undulating, continuous wave, and as it comes closer, you can see it is a mass of corpses. And... You would have to guess, looking at them, that they have come from out of the ground around here. That they are from some battle that is um, ancient enough that it has not been recorded in any histories you know. But that could be as little as several hundred years. One of the myriad kingdoms and armies have had a battle here and an army has fallen. Now part of that army rises again like a living siege tower of steel-girded flesh sort of undulating and waving towards you with this cacophonic clang, 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 clang of metal and armour and weapons, and the wave of corpses of the war swarm descends towards you. Uh, and as it does so, um, Michaela will start taking a bunch of shots at it with her longbow, because she sees no reason why not to. And how quickly quick is this? Alright, so... 
you've basically got enough to you've basically got enough to have three shots with a longbow before it comes into range of your fireballs and searing lights and things. Okay. So and I will. Michaela does not anticipate having massive success here, but you know she might as well. Yep. Um, I will. Um, let's see. Is there any... Yep. No, that won't work. Yep. I will not try to smite it because it is not smiteable. Yep. Uh, and how much damage can you actually deal with your longbow? Is there any points to shooting it? Uh, max of um, max of ten. So no. Yep. So I won't try and shoot it. I mean, if I crit it, it would do something, but... Yeah. Uh, and Michaela will shoot at it and miss it three straight times in a row. Yeah. As the arrow... The first one, her range is so, her range is so far, the arrow just arcs off. Yeah. The second two, it just bounces off all the armor. Yeah. Tink. And... It moves within first range bracket of you. Uh, at which point your fireballs and searing lights go off. Cool. So, um, for my, um, so we want to be trying to fall back on the horses to give ourselves more time to have things added. It depends on how fast it is. Yeah. Um, I've only got three off. Uh, you can see it coming. It is coming at a speed of 40 foot for its normal movement. Sweet. So it will, uh, not run down your horses, but it will run equal with your horses. Yeah. Cool. So, um, um, we, and as it gets within 60 feet, Kaelin will roar at it. So we haven't seen this on screen a whole lot. Yep. So he, um, you know, holding his, um, heavy flail in both hands will lean forward, bend over the back of Winchester and say, alright, beastie, die, and then, and this way, this line of sound roars towards the um, yep. roar swarm. And the grass flattens out as your roar echoes across the field. And it makes a reflex save. <laughs> Yay! It's best save. Yep. <laughs> it more or less just runs directly into the white. Cool. I don't ask what your DC is because it's got a one. Cool. And it takes 16 points of sonic damage. Cool. Uh, Paper, please. And this sonic roar rips up the ground and rips up the dirt and the grass and everything else. And what are quite literally chunks of body just fly off this thing and the yeah. wall just rolls on. Yeah. Completely unfazed yeah, because that's got to be its incredibly it, tiny portion. It takes of 16 points. points of damage and just kind of shrugs it off entirely. Yeah. Uh, and I will just um, check searing light. Yeah. I can look it up, but you're also welcome to just look it up there. So check its distance. Range, cool. Okay, so, so masses. She will actually have enough capacity to chuck two of these. Then. Yep. Um, and so before your war goes off, she will 
throw it. She will throw a hand out. Um, Light and shadows. Veils uncovered. Flicks a hand out. And what you get from her is not the blazing blast of sunlight. It is, in fact, much closer to twilight and much gentler. It just sort of flickers out towards this morse morn. And she strikes it with ease. It is this gigantic mass. The ray of light just kind of bursts into the middle of it. And because it is an undead creature... It takes 10d6 damage. It does not seem to be particularly vulnerable to the light in any way. Yeah. You have no idea how this thing is seeing, but presumably not by mundane eyes. Given the fact that it's got lots of bodies on this thing. It's got lots and lots of eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she will deal at 16 points of damage. Cool. And then with her second one as it comes in. So was that te- was that ten d six on the on the first round? Uh, four. Sorry. Because um, I thought you said it was dealing at ten d six damage. Yes, uh, you're quite right. I'm rolling five d six and then doubling it. I yep. doubled it. So she in fact deals at thirty two points of damage. That sounds more plausible. Um, rolls a three with the second one and. Um, Still hit it. Sweet. Touch AC is not as strong. Yep. Five, six, twelve, twenty-four points of damage. Cool. Yeah, so it's, it's touch AC is totally pathetic. Yep. Um, and then it rolls on, and at this point. We probably want initiative. Yes, I think. Um, um, I don't think we desperately need a battle map for this because no. it's very just engineering yeah, terrain. Case. But if you're having trouble keeping up with who's how far away, uh, w- w- what we might need is um, like some notes or a little map with um, X feet, some, some icons and X feet. Sure. So um, works for me. I dig out Kayla and Michaela. Yep. Should we just have a small flat war sword? Yeah, yeah. We don't need to. It doesn't need to be in proportion because th- this is just how far in front of the thing we are at any given time. Kayla and Michaela right away, Warsworn pursues. Okay, at which point uh, we go into initiative. Yep. It's presently 60 foot away from you. Yep. So Kayla gets the mighty seven. Yep. Eight, sorry. It's a mighty eight. It's better. That is actually relevant. Yeah. Uh, because Michaela gets a seven as well. And the Warsworn does better and uh, speeds up on it? No, in fact, um, the Warsworn also rolls a seven, ah. but beats Michaela. Ah, right. Um, I've got a plus one bonus to initiative. But you've rolled an eight. Ah, yes, so that, yes, so I'm in front, yep. So because your roll is the highest, you win initiative. Yep. Um, Michaela and it tie, and it wins by virtue of having a higher initiative modifier. Yeah. It starts 
pouring is really the only word for it towards yeah. you, like a wave of metal and blades and things just sticking out all over the show from it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Alright, but Kaelin gets to go first. Yep. Okay, so Kaelin will um, hiff a fireball at it. Yep. So he is going to use his best one, because this doesn't seem like the time for dicking around. Yeah! It rolled a two on this reflex save. It doesn't fail automatically. Yeah. I know those things are at least 14, so it fails anyway. Yep. So it's 90... I can't find my equipment sheet, but it's 96. Here it is. 96. Yep. So... I will roll four double it and then roll an additional one. Mm-hmm. Reflexes. That must be nice for it. <laughs> it seems to be working out great. Okay, so that's um, 12 damage, so 24 damage plus... Uh, there we are, 28 points of fire damage. I will cross off that bead. That is 90 hit points you have thus dealt to it. Cool. Well, that's a good... St- I realise that's not going to do the trick, but that's a good start. And then, um, Caitlin still has a few of these he'd like to have. Yep. So he will ride 40 feet that way. Cool. So, um... I'm going to keep track of this as we go, because otherwise it's going to become impossible very quickly. 40. But obviously this plan will change if Michaela's standing next to the thing. And Michaela, so it is currently um, at 60 foot behind Michaela. Yep. You've got that on there already? Yep. Cool. Um, and it is bright enough to do this. So... It just rolls forward, actively going past Michaela and moving 80 foot, so it's now 20 behind you. Cool. So, um, Michaela, so this 60 feet becomes irrelevant, and, um, there's 20 feet between each of us, so 20, 20. As it does so, a cold chill runs over you, and you look back to see this mass descending upon you, and... For a moment, you are very vividly flashed back into an old memory. It is the memory of your first real battle. You've done any number of mock trainings yeah. and people waving weapons and yelling at you, but nothing ever compares to that chill of the blood where you see the other army coming towards you, drawing swords and the hail of arrows descending, and you realize, holy shit, it, this is all for real. I could really die here. And you can hear in your head the gurgle of the mercenary next to you falling. You can smell the coppery blood in the air. And your legs turn to jelly and just want to panic as they, as, as they did so long ago. You held yourself in that battle, but now memory is threatening to overwhelm you. And you need to give me a will save versus fear. As does Michaela. As do both of your horses who also start panicking. Okay. Alright. Kaelin rolls a very large number. Yep. 33. Cool. Kaelin is not a frightened neophyte in the field of war. You know that you have survived that, that you will survive this. Um, you succeed on that check, but not by anywhere near as much as you might think. Alrighty. 
Well, I'm glad I rolled really, really well then, and I'm glad I brought Michaela a plus five cloak of resistance. Uh, I have a very special horse. horse. Michaela will just flat out fail that, rolling a two. Yep. Um, Her horse fails to roll a nat 20 and panics. Yep. Um, Let's see how Winchase is doing, because it seems like, yeah. He's got really great will save for a horse, but... Yeah, but it is not sufficient to carry him through this. So Windchaser begins to <laughs> panics and begins bucking wildly and turning to just bolt. Yep. Um, the um, Michaela's horse looks like it is about to throw her, and Michaela herself, her eyes are going wide and she is looking around panicking um, and is contemplating um, just spending the courtesan and passing this. As opposed to re-rolling it. That sounds pretty good. The GM said, I mean, she's failed on a two, unsurprisingly, yep. but the GM says it is a hard check. Yeah, and I would like her to contribute to this fight, whether or not her, I'm good for her horse to fail. So you see her eyes go wide as she looks around. You can hear her muttering to herself in Orkish over the cacophonous clang. A couple of words here and there. Too many of them. Too much fire. Can't get to her. Her first battle, or rather. Yeah, yeah. The battle, her, the, the battle that battle. never happened because she just hid. Yeah, the, her first battle being worse than mine. Um, she, no. I can beat Candlemere. I can beat you. And she goes white, swallows this. Uh, and then both of you need to make me ride checks as your horses try and throw you. Yeah, and this is to land on our feet when they do. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Uh, Kaelin just rolled a 19, and he has a 23 to ride, so... So, Michaela gets thrown, yep. and her horse just bolts. Yeah. Which um, is not surprising. She is perfectly ad- adequate as a rider, but nothing amazing. Yeah, yeah, and these were... Uh, the main thing is Michaela doesn't bolt. I can live without her horse, and I actively wanted Windchaser to get out of Dodge. We'll, um, and the horse is up. obviously seeing... Seeing yeah. or sensing something. It's obviously not remembering its first battle, but yeah. the sensation of this thing is coming to kill you. And frankly, I think this is one of those things where sentience may not be over much when Chase's friend, because he probably is remembering his first battle. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you may actually choose to keep Windchaser in this, if you so choose. You can override what he wants, pull pull on the reins and control him and keep him in this battle. Your, your ride check is sufficient for that. Uh, I think I don't want to do that. Um, no. I would ideally like him to not get more than 60 to 80 feet away, so that if we tried to word of recall, we could take him with us. Once you get off him, he's just gone. Yeah, that's alright. We'll just deal with that as we deal with it. Um, so, presuming you allow this, when Chaser tries to throw you, you basically roll and leap off. Yep. And he just <laughs> bolts off. Yep. And that is all the Warsworn does. It moves, and it's this feeling of the army descending upon you, and the cacophony of scraping blades and shattering metal comes upon you. Yep. Uh, and technically speaking, as it rolls past Michaela, she gets a free swing at it, and as she is not given into her fear, yep. 
she will take the attack of Judy and miss it horribly. Yep. Um, which surprises her not at all. Does this thing look like it's got reach? Surprisingly not. It looks like it is it, it's enormous, it's twenty foot wide, but it looks like its weapons are actual physical weapons. There's just yeah. this mass of swords and arrows and clubs sticking outside of it. Yeah. So no, it does not look like it has reach of any kind. Because Kaelin's contemplating like he can fall back or he can go in. Yeah. But Michaela's too close to it to really have a lot of fireballs around. So, um, uh, that's not actually true. She's conveniently 20 feet back from it. So that's far enough back? Yes. Cool. Alright, then Kalen will fall 20 feet back. Yep. Um, so it, he increases the distance to 40 feet. Yep. This way. And um, have another fireball at it. Yep. So it can make its reflex safe. Yes, it can. <laughs> A three this time! Yeah. It's not a good fireball, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a seven d six. Yep, yep. Because I think the DCs go up slightly. Yeah. So it fails again. Yep. Go wasp one. All right. So I'm gonna roll three d six and add them. Uh, another nineteen points of damage. Cool. Really expensive way to fight the monster, but you know. Um, and of course, it's um. This round, it's not going to be able. I'm not going to be able to fall back enough that it can't get to me. So this is a strictly limited utility, but it's not. Go- shouldn't be able to get to me in full attack. Cool. All right, Mr. Wasp One, time for your party trick. You you can just hear the clash of steel and metal around you. The sounds of battle, which you are well used to, and. Then you hear a sound which you are not so used to hearing outside of your control. Again, metallic, a sort of shink and shook and whink and shink and thunk and clunk. Noise of weapons drawing. Your weapons. Your weapons start drawing themselves as the horsewarn rears up and begins to sway. Oh, that's not good. And whatever you are currently not carrying, oh, what is not in your hands flies out of its scabbard. That is going to be a problem. Okay, so um, I'm presuming this is melee weapons, not ranged weapons? Uh, this is all your weapons. Okay. Um, I'm presuming this is things I'm wearing, not things in my backpack? Uh, it is unattended objects, so it's anything that it can basically see and get at. Sweet, okay. So then it's just the adamantine greatsword, the masterwork lance... The composite longbow and gatekeeper. So, four of them, you say? Yes. Hmm. And one of them being a bow. Hmm? Yep. That makes very little difference. Yep. Um, as you will see, these weapons all whirl up around you, make, making a storm of floating objects. Um... They appear to be wielded by what looks like soldiers' hands. Ghostly gauntlet hands just fade out before they get anywhere. But they're not wielding them as weapons. They just stab them blindly out at you. So the lance has not been used ultra-efficiently. It's just going club-club. The bow and arrow is not being fired. It is just smacking you around the head. Yeah. Uh, And Michaela also finds a bunch of things drawing themselves. Yeah. 
Um, her long sword, her long bow, and her staff. Because she, um, what's she holding? Uh, she is holding a cold iron warhammer. Right, point. because she needs a bludgeoning weapon. Yep, makes sense. And her tower shield, of course, yep. is ubiquitously wielded by yes, her. Yes, naturally. Um, I'm not wielding a tower shield. I am, um, I do have one, but it's not in my, it's not in my, yep. um, out weapons. And it's also not a weapon. Cool. Unless you have it designed for such. No, it's not spiked or anything of that nature, and it's not and out. You even feel the um, the mace in your hand gets tugged on by something, and as soon as you you see the ghostly hand appear to take it from you, and as soon as you bend your will against it, the hand just kind of fades away to nothingness. Yeah. There's no real great effort to remove it, but... Which is great, because I'm really buggered without that thing. Suddenly, all these things fly out. And your own weapons start bludgeoning you repeatedly. That is a problem. So you have four of them. Yep. Yes, this this was, I was looking at this and going, is this a bad enough trick that I, as the GM, should get in a roll to knowledge religion check? Yeah, because I easily could have not worn all these What's things. What's the AC that they're looking at? Uh, 36. Okay, so... The good news is none of these do anything to you. They're just going clang, 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 clang down onto your Sorry. heavy armour. The bad news is that there is a big wall of them around you. Effectively, any movement you make is going to provoke multiple attacks of opportunity. Cool. Good tip. Like, I can put four individual dice around you. I I, I grasp the concept. Um, And three things bludgeon Michaela to even less success. Yeah. (laughs) Good fucking luck. (laughs) Good fucking luck, weapons. (laughs) And that is... uh, that's a thing that it's doing. There's a thing that it's doing. Um, then it will roll up to you. Cool. No more 40 foot. And there are 60 feet between it and Michaela. Yep. And Michaela's weapons just appear to keep dancing on their own, being wielded now by a ghostly army. Yep. And then it is her. And she will... Like, looks around at this. All right. Well, so much for long range. So much for long range writing then. Well, it worked for a while. (laughs) And think the most valuable thing she can do here is actually get up in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she is going to sprint forward. Yep. And provokes from yep. a pile of, a small pile of weapons. Runs sixty foot, which she can do with her amazing run feet. Yep. Um, and she doesn't even lose her impressive dexterity to AC. Yep. All one of it. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to point out, Kaylin has a dexterity bonus to AC. Tink, tink. She holds the tower shield up behind her and runs away, and there's yeah. a tink, 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 tink noise, and mm-hmm. that is all of her actions. Yep. And back to you. A gigantic war swan in your face. Yep. There's nothing actually stopping you from retreating, because merely these things are in your way. Yeah, but, um... You know, it's gone to some trouble to prevent me from retreating, so fuck it, let's see how it likes to full attack up the Jaxi. Um, Kaelin is going to full attack it. Cool. 
So that would be three attacks with the flail. Go hard, and you are flanking it. Excellent. Because that's what Michaela has come here for. Cool. All right, and then so I, um, I power attack it for two points. Yep. Use my flank power attack. Okay. That's a 38 to hit on the first one. Yeah, that's a 38 to hit on the first one. Most definitely. Cool. You might as well just roll them all. Yeah. Alright, um, the second one is exceedingly poor. That's a 17 to hit. That will miss. I kind of assume. Smash into armor. And the third one is a 15. Smash into armor. Yep. Alrighty. Um, two and a five on the second one, so it is merely one hit. So that is only. So the power attack is double is two points per point because it's I'm four points. Sweet, don't have two point power. Okay, so it's just a d10 and two d6 plus tw- uh, plus fourteen. Yep. Okay. Um. No, wait. Sorry, plus um sixteen because it's because of the other bane effect. Um, does the Bane Effect stack with the mag- The Bane Effect doesn't stack with the magic weapon, though, does it? No, it does not. Cool. So that's a plus one. Yep. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's a weapon of plus two higher, effectively. Yep, sweet. Okay. Alrighty. So. Which is also giving you plus two to hit. Yeah. And I've got weapon specialization. Yep. Yep. Right. I need to remember those things. So, um, okay. So, plus. Alright. Um, let's do the damage first. I've got plus two from the weapon specialization and. Plus two from the lane. Cool. So, power attack. Yep. Okay, so that is uh, 12 plus 8 is 8. Uh, that's 30 points of damage. Cool. And I'll just do a little bit of weapons math before I next, um... So as you smash the heavy flail into it a couple of times, when you get your good solid blow in, there is a squelch as you go, basically go around all the armor and metal yeah. and the mass and hit the bodies. There's a squelch noise and a And then as you do that, you see hands come forward out of it and grab the flail. Yeah. And smash it back at you. Yep. Um as it's got some kind of reactive strike, when you hit it, it, it tries to it hit you. you. Yep. Uh, and rolls a 27 and will miss, thus, thusly miss you. Yep. But basically what happens is arms thrust forward and fling your own flail back at you, and you sort of dodge to one side and go clang off your own armor. Yep. It's a very weird sensation. Yeah, I, I would imagine. And then the Warsworn wall, uh, sort of rolls up. 
And this thing is producing no conversation or anything, but it's yeah. loud like yeah. an army. It rises up like a wave and then splits in two and just smashes down multiple arms full of weapons going and raining down on you and Michaela. Yep. Uh, so that would be a what? Hit you, uh, 38 and, um, 37 respectively. Okay, both of those hit me. Cool, and one. Albeit not by much. One will hit Michaela and the other one will not. Yep. Um, so for starters, you are getting clubbed, slashed, and pierced here as a wide variety of weapons just smashed into you with no finesse. Yeah. If you have any sort of DR, it's all three damage types. Yeah. Um, as I don't, it's not so much yeah. for dessert. Uh, so you can take seven, uh, 19 damage from one. Yep. And 16 damage from the other. Cool, so I'll just put that together rather than, um... Ouch. Yep, that's it. I'll see, um, okay. Yep. Michaela flinches back. There's a, there's a smack on her arm under the tower shield. Yep. She falls back under the pressure and takes 17. Yep. And both of you feel this cold chill run through you and your limbs starting to deaden somewhat. You feel the negative energy pouring off this through the weapons. Every little neck and cut and bludgeon you have is seeming to pulsate and pull at you like your life energy is pulling out from it. And then you feel the warmth of your death wards around you. Yep. And do not take excess uh, energy drain and things. Sweet. No negative level handling for you. Yep. That was an incredibly smart use of 1400 GP. And that is the... Warsworn done. It makes four attacks and calls it a day. Cool. Uh, oh, there's a good thing we had those death wards. It can clearly penetrate this. Well, um, it can clearly penetrate and leave wounds that linger and do not heal. Alright. It's, uh, one of the advantages of, um, fighting alongside Corwin for so long is I know what that kind of thing can do. Comes to that, I've seen you do it a few times. Let us see what we can do then. Gods. Goddesses. This thing should not be. It offends many of us. <laughs> she says, because even in front of you, she will still never really directly evoke Savannah's name, or yeah. at least not regularly. Um... Give me the energy to send it back to its graves. Reaches out into it. Uh, happily uses her new ability and takes ten on a concentration check, so she does not provoke from it while using her fourth level spell. Yep. Um, Which is definitely a plus given the amount of things she'd be provoking from. Reaches into it and nine. And deals it 38 points of positive energy damage as she just sort of thrusts her hand into it and touches on the side of it and then there is this corona of light going <laughs> and flesh undead flesh melts away around it yep and that is her big fourth level spell done yep I know she can't keep doing that but it was well worth doing once and uh, yeah unfortunately she can't add 66 damage to it well technically speaking she still needs to touch it 
Oh, oh, which she does and applies massive amounts of combat expertise in the process. Yeah. Uh, as she will, at this point, go as hardcore as she can and drop into an combat, drop into combat expertise and start fighting defensively. The poor, poor bastard. Yeah. And ups her AC. Yeah. Um, actually, no, she's not so confident she's going to hit it that she'll do both. Uh, she will merely put on full combat expertise and up yep. her AC by five points. Yep. She brings the shield up and cautiously reaches around behind it, taps this thing, and then pulls back behind her shield. Uh, at which point, um, can I get weapons on the initiative tracker under the Warsworn? Yes, I was, um, yeah, I was, um, about to remind you because it seemed like, um, they should have attacked us. And your own lance clubs you around the back of the head, uh, as it crit threats you, uh, fails to confirm the crit and deals you seven points of damage. Well, that's extremely annoying. Skilled. And Michaela, of course, just ducks behind the fuselage of blows. Yeah. Kaelin has a ton of hit points, but he definitely can't sustain that many rounds of this. Yeah. None of, nothing you see in your animated weapons suggests they're being wielded with anything remotely resembling uncanny skill. Yeah. It's kind of very raw recruit stuff. Yeah. Is, um... What do I think about, um, does the Warstorm look even slightly damaged? Oh god, yes. Yeah. It's taken 177 points of damage. Sweet. It is shedding corpses all over the place. Excellent. Alright. You have no trouble believing that you are damaging this thing. Cool. Alright, and then Kaelin will hard man up and full attack it again. Uh, first as Michaela pokes it, yep. it smacks back at her. Oh yes, it gets its reaction. She is making it, she is not using a, um... An untargeted spell, she's actively making yeah, a successful attack roll on her. And because it is her own hand, basically, just her metal, <laughs> Why are you hitting her metal hand is just kind of thrust <laughs> back at her violently. With, yeah, it'd be funny if it wasn't a pile of dead corpses grabbing her arms, surging forward and smashing her in the face. I'm sure, I'm sure the real thing is creepy. The player is amused as, by the why are you hitting yourself attack. <laughs> as it is, of course, it rolls a mediocre 30 and goes yep. smash off her armor. Yeah. Because when you want to fight hard, you fight Michaela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this is the... Um, this is the thing, it's it's the Butch AC it's the Butch AC character for the thing that actually will challenge that. I mean it's hitting her. Well it was till she got the combat expertise up. I don't know if it still can now she's got it up. Alright, and Kaelin will take advantage of his glorious flank, but um he's going to only power sack for one point this time because he missed it on two of those hits last time. Mm-hmm. Um, however if he can avoid rolling twos and fives, he is now applying his full attack bonus, which will be a help. Okay. So that is lots and lots. Uh, 36. Yep. Cool. You smash into it. Cool. Second attack. Oh, that's that's nice. Um, I potentially crit it on the second attack. Uh, yes, you can crit it because you can crit anything. Yep. And I... Roll the one on the crit confirmation. Do it's, I get? It's an attack roll. So I get to re-roll that. Cool. All right. So let's see how this goes. Then my attempt to confirm is um, 
not super great. Remember that you're flanking it still? Yep, so... Um, I need to remember that it is flanking you. <laughs> 19. No. Yeah, didn't think so. So I failed to confirm it on the second one. So but hit, I, what, hit. Hit, hit. And then for the third one, I get um, a very medium range one, a 28. Uh, that will miss. Okay. Definitely. Just just too many corpse, just too many suits of armor in there. Yep, so I will roll and work out two attacks. Yep. As you are bypassing its DR, you're welcome to just stack it all together. Yep. Alright, so, but I'm going to work out one at a time because it's quite a lot of math on my attacks now. <laughs> okay, that's exceedingly poor damage. Alright, so. So 23 on the first one. Yep. I roll hideously poorly on the damage. Bring it to a nice convenient 200. And then on the second one, um, oh, that's a little better. Um, so that in 8, 11. Um, 26 on the second one. Cool. Well, better on the Bane dice, but not so great on the regular damage dice. Warsworn is beginning to fall apart under this barrage of shots. Yep. Um, however, it still has more than enough spare hands and weapons. This time it grabs at you as you strike it and pulls you in, and knives come out and endeavor to stab at you. Yep. As you and take two retract. Yeah, because I got, I got two successful hits at it, so I get two of those. Uh, one of which will be a flat out of this. Yep. Uh, the other one of which will be a 30... Uh, 30... Eight because it's flanking. That will definitely hit me. Hmm? Not again by lots, but it doesn't have to be by lots. Uh, Nineteen points of damage. Yep. Yep. And um, Kaelin is about is verging on bloodied. And then the Warsworn begins to surge up and split into little parts again. And you can now hear whispers, voices in this uh, amalgamation of languages. Uh, you must be, you must be hearing a hundred different voices all over the top of each other. They don't appear to be coming from the corpses themselves so much as they're just sounds of a battlefield and you hear Whispered words, fragments of Orcish, fragments of Teldane, fragments of this and that. Um, whispered words, and you hear people talking to each other. You hear defensive starts. <laughs> Protected behind the shield. <laughs> Other alternative. <laughs> it's like it's looking at you and seeing what you're doing and thinking about it. Among other things, it clearly recognises that Kaelin is power attacking it and Michaela is using combat expertise. Yeah. It's, you've no idea how smart this thing is, but it's clearly smart enough to grasp that sort of warrior tactic. Yeah. And then, instead of its arms, it splits into those tendrils of weapons again and goes to come down, but instead of it's coming down, brings it all together again in one mass, and the column just goes, woof, up into the air as all the armor and corpses fly up. 
like a big surging tentacle pointing straight upwards. And as it does so, you feel your own armor begin to move. As instead of striking at you, recognizing that Michaela's AC is horrendous, it does something else. And your armor begins to shake and violently fly up into the sky. You are not being moved. The heavy armor encasing you is. Okay. You go woof, straight up into the air. And Michaela also goes woof, straight up into the air. Uh, and you start to go up. And both of you need to make me will saves as you try and force your will on your own what should be inanimate armor. Who's <laughs> instead actively trying to escape. Alright, um, Carolyn rolled poorly, that's a 21. So you are flying up in this armor, and it's like being strapped into some sort of flying machine. You are struggling to get out, and it continues to go up. Michaela is also going up, but is pushing more violently against it, and she's going to stop being animated a lot sooner, and then fall. So you're going to fall further, having failed this, basically. I have a ring of feather falling. Yep. The boss Swan does not know this. I know, I'm just saying I'm not going to spend a hero point because I have a ring of feather falling. Yep. I don't believe you are taking any initial damage from this because it's like being uppercutted, but you're yeah. not getting hurt by anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm confident given the boss Swan's yeah. using this kind of battle tactic that it will learn after it watches me float gently down that I have a ring of feather falling and do something different, but it doesn't know that on the way up. Uh, you do, in fact, take five points of damage as your own helmet basically uppercuts you with the jaw. Yeah, that's As if something yeah. just goes... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you fly 150 foot into the air. Wow. And then your armor, the sensation of your armor, it's not something picking your armor up, your armor is moving itself. Yeah. And your arms come round, grab you, throw you up into the air, and then you go, and about halfway down, just gently float to the ground again. Yep. Michaela, on the other hand, goes halfway up, regains herself, and then begins to fall. So, question. Yes. Given that this thing also has weapon attacks... Do we provoke as we leave the threatened area from the weapons? Yes, which I'm getting to. So wait, yeah, it's fine. You're just still doing the attacks. I'm just, I, I just want to. Um, Technically, you actually provoke twice as you go back through them again. Yeah, your own weapons do not have um, combat, combat reflexes. Because uh, that will be before they do their actual attack. Yep. So Michaela will actually endeavour to make a tumble check here in heavy armor while wielding a tower shield, which she doesn't get to do a lot of. And she will fail. Yeah. To soak some of the falling damage. Six, seven, thirteen, twenty. And she takes, uh, not massive amounts, fourteen points of falling damage. Yeah. She's a, <clears throat> she doesn't have a lot of hit points though. No, that's about half of her done. Yeah, so we're both about on about half hit points. Um, and as you were going up, a whole bunch of your weapons swing at you. Yeah, and we get a weapon attack each, followed by a weapon attack each. Uh, no hits for you. Sweet. Uh, two crit threats for her. No confirmations. And then on your weapons, on your animated weapons attacking you, they will all also miss you. Sweet. And they will miss her. Sweet. So, two unconfirmed crits on her. Yep. As she gets smashed across the side of the face with her sap, 
And then as she's coming down, her elegant elven longsword cuts into her. Seven. Nine points of damage total. Yep. Not effective, but lots of them. Yep. And then it is Pekela. Yep. Goes, ow. Ow, pain, pain hurts. Yep. She may want to um, deploy some kind of healing spell at this point. I can't sustain this level. I need to pause for a moment. And again, she takes 10 on a concentration check and cures serious wounds on herself. Sweet. 21 points back. Sweet. The nice thing about not having very many hit points is that the, the, a, a good high-end healing spell does give you a lot of your hit points back. Mm-hmm. Cool. That is her. Cool. Alright, and Kaelin will eye the thing up. Come on, fellas. It's been a long day. Time to go back to the barracks. And he will hit them three times. Yep. And still power attacking for just the one point. Yep. Crit threat? Yep. Ooh. 39 to confirm. Absolutely. Cool, and I crit it. You shred into it as a big tentacle of weapons comes out and you just lop it clean off. Yep. Um, should I roll the crit or roll the other two attacks? Uh, uh Composite Composite. Alright, I'll roll the other two attacks and see what I got. Alright, the, um, second one. You're just gonna keep hitting this thing until it's Yeah, good, so. so the second one's a flat miss. And the third one, I fear. Yeah, that, and then, then I miss it twice. Cool. As I roll exceedingly poorly on the last two. But you crit it. Yep, so, um, let's work out the regular damage and then I'll roll the Bane separate this time. Oh, that's a very nice number. That's the number I like to see. Okay, so that's 18, 22, 24, times 2, uh, it's 48. 48. Jesus. Yep. Uh, Fighters, yo. Yep. So that's, um, 55 points of damage. Wow. Yep. Doing quite a lot of flail damage. It has taken 281 hit points worth of damage. Yep. And it must be said, the Warsworn is looking uh, completely untroubled by this in one sense, and that it's obviously not feeling a lot of pain. But on the other hand, there are corpses lying all over the battlefield. Yeah. At this point, between you and Michaela, you look like you have killed something in the neighborhood of 50 men. Yeah. It's, it's not long and lengthy, it's not deep and tactical, it's brutal and bloody. <laughs> and as you are reaching in and cleaving off this tendril, another one just sort of grabs yep. the flail and whips it back round at you, and deals you 38 to hit you. That will hit. Yeah, so these little weapons are not doing a lot to you, but the flanking is really annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, three... Uh, Uh, that is a mega 15 points of damage and some more energy drain. But Yeah, I'm super glad I bought that. Um, we'd really be in some trouble if not for that. That's 15 points? 15 points. I don't call it mega. Yep. 
Kaelin can't sustain this that much longer anymore than the horse one can. Okay. And that is you. Yep. And horse one turns at this point, and again, you get the impression that it or something behind it is thinking, looking at your tactics, working out how to do this. It looks at... Uh, I think it can actually do both of you. Yes, indeed it can. Uh, it looks at you, and having seen that throwing you up in the air isn't going to do a lot of good, it surges up, and you are braced expecting it to smash down on you, and it doesn't. It just charges you flat out and just mows through you. Kaelin has done this many times before. You stand there as an army closes around yeah. you, and some men hit you and bounce off you, some flow around you. You are getting that same effect, the charge of an army here, but it's as if every man in the army is focused on you personally. Yeah. And the Warsworn just runs through you, rolls around, and runs through Michaela as well. Yeah. Uh, as it starts trampling you. Yep. Um, so, for starters, it will end up provoking from both of you doing this. So I figure we'll resolve it first. And then, yeah, and then um, we'll resolve ours. Yep. Um, then... Um, it just mows over you. It is not so much hitting your AC as just the wall of people and weapons hitting you. And what you get here is a reflex save. Yay, because I'm super awesome at those. On the other hand, I rolled really well, which is what I need. 28. Uh, that will fail. Yep. Well, I'm not re-rolling it. I can't do a lot better than that. Uh, and Michaela will roll a 29. And fail. Yep. Grin hmm. could probably dodge that, but... Yeah. Honestly? Maybe not. Uh, Michaela's got 15 reflex here. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Bryn has 16 reflex. Yeah, alright. Okay, I, I think... So no, the mass of people just fucking runs you over. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those where are you going to dodge two scenarios? Very much so. Because we both rolled really well, so we actually successfully evade a whole bunch of these guys. It's just that that brings us into the path of more guys. There just isn't enough space to dodge uh, around. And both of you take 25 points of damage. Ouch. Okay. And Michaela looks as poorly as she was when she started again. Yeah, I'm glad she healed herself. Kaelin looks, you know, not a death's door, but definitely like his um, giant wall of hit points is starting to look extremely beaten down. Where does the thing wind up? Back in the same place? Uh, no, it will move so it is not directly being flanked between you, but it largely just goes <laughs> and ends up back over here. Okay, cool. Like, it's not going to be stunningly difficult to get around it again, yeah. but it can at least, um, it, can, it can't prevent you moving up and full attacking it, it can prevent you moving up, flanking it, and full yeah. attacking it. Um, and however, doing this, it provokes from both of you as it smashes through you. Yep. Just heedlessly and uncaringly. Okay. Uh, uh, and as that's with a flank, Michaela will hit it. Good stuff. Deals at 11 damage, her first successful hit with the Warhammer. Yep. And um, I um, got a pretty nice um, 37. Yep, easily hits. Yep. Roll exceedingly well on the old damage. Alright, so that's 13, 17, 
18, 19, because of the one point of power attack I still have up. Yep. And another 19 points from Kayla. Is... No, I'm so, sorry, 29. It's, uh, another, add another 10 to that. Cool. Uh, to keep track of um, Kale's various bonuses. So, the wave of men and weapons smashes through you and runs you over, and Kaelin is just pushed to the ground and trampled yeah. across as you swing your flail wildly yeah. into them, smashing pieces. This actually does feel kind of familiar. You see Michaela through it as they charge towards her, braces herself yeah. behind the tire shield, and swings her hammer out left and right and smashes through them. The mass charges over her, it charges over you, and then as it hits over 320 points of damage... It surges past Michaela and just collapses. So it, and there is a tick, 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 as a pile of corpses and men begin to fall apart. The whole area um, smells like an abattoir now, even though very little blood, per se, has been spilled. Uh, it does not strike back against you on attacks of opportunity, only on regular attacks, so you sweet. don't get hit back again from this. Sweet. Because um, it's taking the risks at yeah. this point, as opposed to going toe-to-toe with you. And the wall spawn collapses and shatters apart. Uh, your weapons, however, are still bludgeoning you. Okay, yep. Yeah, because the it, it's thing's turn isn't over. Uh, none of them managed to crit you, so thus none of them managed to hit you. Cool. Uh, and at this point, this is somewhat academic. Yeah. Um, because these the weapons can only hit you on 20s. Yeah. Their, their attack rolls are poor enough and your ACs are high enough. Um, that at this point we are left with the somewhat amusing spectre of Kalen trying to grab his own weapons and pin them to the ground and grapple them and like nail them down until yeah. this effect goes away. Uh, Michaela will blast, will get you to basically bring them, bring them here, bring them here, close them with mine, dispel magic, yeah, and everything falls out of the out of the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was dramatic. I well, he's not over. As daddy's go, he's not over blessed with subtle. Strong though, ow. I ah. Uh, it takes a big Brucey to bring me down these days, and that that certainly qualified. I couldn't have stood very much more of that. Oh yeah, and let me give this thing a try. And Kaelin will cure more wounds himself. Yep, and Michaela will also cure more wounds you. Sweet. So, uh, you may gain 22 back from her. Cool, and, um... And I can roll those if you like. Yeah. Uh, and 20 back from... No, sorry, 17 back from you. So 37, 39, sorry. Yep. And Kaelin goes up to about bloodied. Yep. And, um, looks a great deal better because he was a pretty... Yeah, he was down to um, 41 hit points, which from a total of 147 is not a bad effort. And Michaela is probably going to stop there for the moment, having burned the vast majority of her spells in one fashion or another. Alright, well, Kayla will clear your light wounds her, because he never gets to do that. Fair. <laughs> and, you know, the ability is going to wear off sooner or later, so yeah. he might as well use it. Ah. <sighs> Well then, I hope and pray, she says sort of vaguely looking to the heavens, that the Iron Lord is pleased by this offering of battle. Certainly I would not like to have fought any harder. Nay, I, um, 
I hope that's done the trick, but um, it wasn't like he um, made his um, desires very difficult to follow. Um, I'm thinking that probably has done the trick. Let's um, let's hike off and um, find a river and get ourselves cleaned up. And um, I'm thinking um, then we might like to come back and bury these fellows. So when you look at it... When you look at what remains of the War Sworn, your weapons, once they have stopped animating themselves, you sort of put them back in your sheaths and... Not, you're not <laughs> quite sure if it's the wind or just your own mind that's making them rattle there. Yeah. You feel like something poking lightly in your foot. Like, is, the arm, is my armour taking control of itself yeah. again? Uh, but when you look around at the War Sworn, it becomes very rapidly apparent that you are not going to need to bury this thing. Sweet. Everything here is decaying at a rapid rate. These corpses look like they have fallen somewhat recently. They are not, um, like, grey and pale men. They look like they have died at some point in the last hour in battle. Yeah. Um, and they begin to sort of decay away very rapidly. And at this point, that coppery smell of blood fills the air and... This feels like nothing so much as a battlefield where there has been a mass amount of battle and slaughter. Yeah. I don't imagine this makes Kaelin particularly uncomfortable in any way. No, it's, um, honestly, it's it's a little bit homey. Yeah. Um. You know, the, this was really not taking Kaelin particularly far out of his comfort zone. But their weapons, their armor begin to just rapidly rust and fade away. Um... It becomes rapidly clear that you are neither going to need to bury the bodies nor find any amazing loot on this thing. Um, however, as you are watching a few moments and watching these things decay, you hear a battle horn go off, and you see on the top of the nearest hillock there is a rider with a big flag there who raises a hand to you and then begins to ride rapidly down. And you see Gorham's rider again, the yeah. herald of battle that you've spoken to before. He rides in, looks down upon you, and Gorham yeah, salutes him with the flail. And he raises, he raises one gauntleted hand and salutes you back with it. And says, "The Iron Lord sees your offering of battle, Kaelin Warbringer. We will not curse you with. We will not curse you with the name." The, that has been given to you by weakness, because of course Titania dumps mm. you Kaelin Peacebringer. Mm. Instead, the Iron Lord smiles upon you as you ride to war. While these warriors and their weapons are not for you, their battle, their spirits have long gone from this place. He sort of gestures to them as they are almost literally melting away at this point. Yeah. The bone, the, the weapons. Effectively returning to the ground where yeah. they were drawn from. Yeah, and the, the sword, you can watch like this broadsword is rusting away yeah. in front of you to the point where it's taken hundreds of years worth of rust and decay. But, but the Iron Lord would not deny you a chance to loot your foes. Though those who have fallen have nothing to offer you, that does not mean he does not. And he throws you the horn that he has just trumpeted. Yep. And, smiles at you. Blood and battle, Caelan, Caelan Thorne. Blood and battle. Blood and battle. Okay, look. Blood and battle and clangs the thing behind your veil, you see. 
<laughs> puts yeah. her tongue out slightly at him. The rider turns and just rides off up the hill again yeah. and disappears from sight. Yeah. And when you look at this horn, you have never seen a more impressive battle horn in your life. It is not elegant, it is not filigreed, it is made of what you think is bone with links of metal at the end. Nothing remarkable to look upon, it doesn't look like it's super expensive, it's flawless in its construction though, and it has something written upon its side in, of all things, orcish. Sweet. And what it reads is the grave is no bar to my call. Oh man! <laughs> and like it couldn't be more magical if it had a big giant sign on it. <laughs> yeah. But you have no earthly idea what it does. Presumably you could find out by blowing it, but you probably want to use more subtle methods. First. Yeah, yeah, hell no. <laughs> nice lawn fight against the long fall of night. Mountains stand guard, the dead shall be warned, for the grave is no part of my call. Yeah. So one side of it reads, the grave is no part of my call. The other one reads, um, uh, blow but once, then crack asunder. So this will work exactly once, presumably. You blow it, a thing happens, and yeah. then you have used this consumable treasure. Yeah. And you and Michaela may well indeed ride off. Yep. And, strip um, out of all your heavy armor, soak it, yep. clean it. And um, but before we go, um, as uh, uh, as the herald was departed, Kaelin will salute the sky and uh, uh, clang his arm on his armor. <sighs> That's good. It's not good. It's not good. In, uh, and it, my old trade or my new one to get crosswise of the Iron Lord. And there's something to be said for someone who just straight up tells you what he wants you to do and then you do it and that squ- squares the two of you. Hmm, she says and <laughs> raises, raises an eyebrow. I see the need for war. In the, I see the place for war in the River Kingdoms. The likes of Erevetti will not be satisfied without it, it seems, but Gorham is not a deity of subtlety. I, with as much respect as I can phrase it, I can see why he suits you. I can see why he suits you well, but the Iron Lord and I will never be companions. Nay, nay, he's not. Um, he's not as one I follow, but um, it's certainly a road I could have gone on down, and no mistake. Nonetheless, I'm glad of all the iron and armor. I hate to think how Tristan would have fared against that. Although um, it did occur to me that the kid only has one damn weapon to stab him. Now I've gotten a lot of use over the years out of all these. Um, pieces, but it appears is, there are circumstances where it can be a downside. Yeah. I, ironically, your team is just all kinds of prepared. Yeah. So, Bryn actually carries multiple weapons as well. The best yeah. one would be Svetlana, who yeah. only carries one weapon that she isn't wielding. Yeah. But, um, However, Tristan would die horribly, because it would hit him in the AC over and over and over again. I know, it was never going to, it was never going to be Tristram. And I'm not super keen on bringing Brynn to, you know, given that she bites things, I tend not to try, I should try not to bring her into things that are, um... It's fair. Well, you've got to wonder how the strike back works there. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be more why you're hitting yourself, but it's more that, you know, I don't think it'd be good for her to eat large portions you know, of the I undead. imagine something yanks your teeth out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it was got, it would have been Swiplana if it hadn't been Michaela. Um, on the basis that she would have stayed the 
fuck back, but then there's the problem that Kaylin's in there in the front in the way of her um, nice area effects. Oh, and evidently it had a lot of different tricks, so I certainly wouldn't have put it past it to go 40 feet round and from the wizard. Yep. It's, um, or, although, uh, you know, based on, like, you're never gonna find another war sworn. Yeah. So what does it matter at this point? Um, so, you know, later on Tristan will find stuff and look up how this thing worked and find a bunch of information that would have been more useful to you then. Um, it can animate all your weapons, but its armor-haunting trick only works on people in heavy armor. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tristan and Bryn would be completely immune to it. Yeah. And spit line up of that. If you fall over and start dying, then really bad things happen to you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then it just rolls over and adds you to the pile. Yep, you. Mm-hmm. Although, is that changed if you don't, if you start dying but you've got die hard? Uh, yes, you need to be dying first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you drop, spend a hero point, fall unconscious, it rolls over you and starts adding you to the horde. Yeah. And you immediately start dying again. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I'm fairly certain Kalen has both endurance and die hard, so he's... Um... And it does, in fact, have ranged weapons. It just throws a pile of corpses and weapons at you. Yikes. <laughs> just get the snowball <laughs> bits hitting you. And, um, yeah, I'm saying... Well, I'm sorry it's been in you for... Uh, I know these sort of um, piles, piles of mindless violence missions aren't exactly um, your your cup of tea, but it's just the, the price you pay for being um, so good on the defense. I've brought you along for nearly every Gora mission, but with luck, that's that'll be the last of them. I would rather be standing in front of that thing than leaving one of my one of our friends to take the blow in my place. Aye. And now I think we go get cleaned up, and then we can go do some more sneaky infiltration sort of stuff. And that's the other reason that I wanted to bring you. <laughs> yeah, it was also, um, I needed someone who could both, um, fight a warspawn, then infiltrate Pytax. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one or the other, with most of them. <laughs> Alright. And... As you go off and sort of bathe and rest and that sort of thing, um, Kayla, I think, prepares this routinely because it's the second little domain swap is not otherwise useful. Oh, yeah. uh, the next day, she can prepare, prepare identify and identify the horn if you want. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, so she will study it, contemplate on it, and she says, Ah, I can feel this thing. As the war swan was just a pile of bodies, and I'm not even certain there were bodies from that exact spot, so much as even corpses that corpses that had soaked into the earth in long decay brought back. This horn is the same, but for shades and spectres, spirits passed. It is not a matter of resting warriors' ghosts back from the boneyard. They are at their peace. It is a matter of calling their memory with one great blast of everyone who has ever fought around in and around that area. The horn of warriors past will call them to the battlefield under your command. Many of them, but only once. Uh, and she tells you if you blow the horn of warriors past, uh, what you will get is a bunch of warriors that will just appear 
vaguely insubstantial, but actually physically there in the flesh. They're the memories of warriors who have fought and died somewhere around these lands, but the, the area is massive. Uh, so what happens is you blow it, the horn breaks, um, and you end up with a 2,000-man army that appears immediately. Sweet. They are very much just a completely random hodgepodge of things to be full of humans, elves, etc., etc. They have no tactics. They have no um, capacities. Yeah. What you get is resources, rather. What you get is just a shitload of men. Yeah. Who appear, follow your direction for the battle, and then disappear again. Sweet. Brave is no bar to their call. That's awesome. I have noted it on my sheet. And you may do with that as you please. Yep, I'm going to hang on to it for emergencies. All right. And where to? Um, I think at this point, um, I will let you, we are going to finish exploring the hex. Yes, which you do. What contains is a lost war, of course. Yep, and um, we can either head towards drama or we can just call it there if there's other places you want to go to or whatever. I'm not sure what your follow-on plan is. Um, I'm planning to um head south and um explore um some southernmost hexes on the way down to Pytax. Cool. Because the theory is knowing what's in these hexes is going to be helpful before we march armies through them. Cool. So, as you start heading south, uh, you see signs of civilization, signs of building in Pytax, but a building that has not yet been redone from the devastation your armies have wrought. Yeah, because... What you're walking through is a couple of... Um, burnt out farms. farms, yes, I know. <laughs> And you contemplate the price of war and the value of victory mm-hmm. and whether or not you can gain it against the foe, the clockwork king. Dum, dum, dum. dum.